At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. Are you ready to go? I am ready to go. I'm so sorry. I got okay, excited. Okay, great. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. Back at it again with the sneak attack. <laughs> yeah, that one was like even more aggressive. Than that, was a, that was mid-sentence cut off. I'm going to keep the beginning part yeah. of the end so people can hear what you did. <laughs> oh, good. Great. Excellent. Make my sins known to the world. Well, I know I was taking a long time. I got excited. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. okay. I mean, it's fine. You're the one that has to edit this out. That's so. true. <laughs> Joke's on if you. you just want to drop them in there whenever. Joke's on you. I'll leave a bunch of it in. Maybe not. We'll find out. When you hear this, you'll know. I have no idea. Like, full disclosure, I have no idea how much of my BS makes it into the final cuts because it's been a few weeks since I've listened to our own podcast. Sometimes listening to my own voice, like, squicks me out a little bit. Oh, me too. Um, said the voice actor. But yeah. like, actually, I don't like it. Um, I tend to keep pretty much anything that isn't going to be distracting, like, uh, in an unfun way. Mm-hmm. So like, right. pretty much anything that isn't like, too inside jokey like other people won't enjoy or pretty much anything that like isn't interfered with by some sort of external noise to the point that that won't cut out most of your bs stays firmly in the show thank god yeah Honestly, i'm glad to know that the cryptid keeper extended universe is firmly in <laughs> yeah. place i'm not here to censor your art good i let jesus jesus's fursona stay yeah if that was episode. in then honestly everything else is like no holds barred i can't believe i let that stay i had the I did s- you know i had somebody tweet at me and correct me from their seminary background that jesus's fursona is in fact a lamb i did see that <laughs> it was, and it was hysterical thrilling. it was the only time i've ever been delighted to receive a correction on the internet yep correction correction uh jesus's fursona specifically from somebody who was like well according to the bible and i'm like oh no and they're like jesus's fursona is a lamb i was like this is the best tweet ever written thank you you were ready to get yelled at but then uh, yeah i was ready to like be told i was going to hell first talking for saying the words jesus and fursona in the same <laughs> sentence which i've now done about 10 times drinking game um, please don't do it yeah, because do you'll die. Not. you will die um but, uh, and chances are you won't end up anywhere good because of what you were doing when that happened <laughs> so anyway after Probably one of our more interesting intros to date. Uh, yeah, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the Crypto Keeper podcast, the podcast for cryptids and the creepers. Excuse me? You know what? What just happened? No rules, just right. Um, I'm Addison Peacock, and I'm a white sucker, and I'm here to tell you some scary stories. So I'm hosting today, it's my cryptid, and here's what I got I don't for even you. talk like that. The monster that we're doing this week Hi, I'm Alex Flanagan. Is... I love Mothman and Appalachian folklore. And... And I said Appalachian like that. <laughs> Because that's how you say it. Yes. Because people people are always referring to the way that you pronounce it correctly. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Anyway, that wasn't a good impression. So, <laughs> As if mine somehow was. It was not. Reader, it was not. 
Anyway, um, would the real Addison Peacock please stand up? I can't. There's no room in this. Booth. Tell us what our monster this week is. I can't stand up because I have no room, but I will tell you about the monster. Well, monsters may be a little too strong of a word. I will tell you about this um, sweet and misunderstood boy. Aw, that's my favorite. Um, so this one has been brought up to me many times, and I was sort of seeking a nugget of inspiration this week, kind of wondering like what I should talk about, and then I was sort of just like thinking through like different things people have sent me and like told me about, and, and then, then you I texted thought, me last night to say, "Is it your cryptid or my cryptid this week?" Yeah, and I double checked. <laughs> I had already started researching, so that was when I got, I I had a moment of terror. Um, And so this week, I will be covering, you already know this from the episode title, but this is exciting for Alex, the skunk ape. (gasps) Nice! The skunk ape. Now the skunk ape, aka Bigfoot's smelly cousin, but (laughs) a name I have just coined. However, the skunk ape is known by many names, some of which I will tell you right now because a few of them are wild. This this is from the Wikipedia article on the skunk ape. Oh man, love it. Here for it. Here are some of their known aliases. Let's go. Also known as the Swamp Ape, the Stink Ape, Florida Bigfoot, Louisiana Bigfoot, Swamp Squatch, Miyaka Skunk Ape, and here's my favorite, Swamp Cabbage Man. That's amazing, and that's also me trying to keep track of all my social media handles. Swamp Cabbage Man. I'm like, no, no, no. On Instagram, I'm Stink Ape, but on Twitter, there wasn't room for that, so I'm just cabbage. I'm Swamp Cabbage. Swamp underscore, under, oh my god, Swamp underscore Cabbage underscore Man at gmail.com. XX. Please don't email that email address in case there's a real person behind it. But but if that real person behind it is in fact the skunk ape, then, then you've just done cryptozoology a big favor. Mm-hmm. No. Sometimes you gotta take risks. I feel like the name Skunk Ape is unfair both to the skunk ape and to skunks as well. Because one, I feel like defining a creature by the one attribute that is probably very insecure about is not very nice. And also skunks don't con- consistently smell bad. They only release a smell when they are threatened. So if you've smelled a skunk smelling bad, then what did you do to upset it? So Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that skunks feel bad about smelling bad. No, because that's but the like skunk ape probably does. Their survival because, mechanism. Skunk ape no, might. that's what I'm saying. Naming the skunk ape like calling it that because it's stinky and using that as its primary descriptor seems mean to me. That seems a little playground bully to me. Now, don't get me wrong. Skunks are adorable and actually they're just kind of stripy smell kitties mm-hmm. and I love them a lot. But there's a reason that the that the um, sexual predator skunk from the old uh, cartoons wanted to date that cat. Oh gosh, Pepe Le Pew. There it is. I you know I forgot Pepe Le Pew's name on this day. That's 2018. okay. All right. He's not the best role model to bring into the modern era. I mean, would you call any Looney Tunes character a role model? Marvin Martian. Okay, you had that ready. Oh, I, I'm always ready to talk about Marvin Martian. Did you know Marvin Martian is my favorite? Oh, well, you know what? Um, You know what my favorite is, at least for today, is the skunk ape. So I'm going to tell you about the skunk ape. Okay, let's hear about it. I'm going to spend very little time, just a quick little pit stop, run into the gas station, grab a payday bar and a pack of gum, and head back out because we're just going to give a little bit from the cryptids wiki before we move on. Now, is this an intentional allegory because gas stations also smell bad, or was that Not just sort all, of incidental to the But feel free theme? to give me credit. Um, so the skunk ape is a bipedal humanoid, possibly a Bigfoot, reported in the southeastern United States, most notably in Florida. Okay. In the Everglades. So hence the swamp ape and like uh, all those yeah, descriptors. It. So it has black fur and glowing red eyes, which is unusual for most primates because most primates lack a tapetum lucidum, a layer of tissue behind the retina that reflects light. So for the eyes to glow or, you know, like do the thing that cat's eyes do, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. primates' eyes shouldn't be able to do that. You know, just how people most of the time don't have glowing eyes that reflect light when you take photos of them in the darkness, which sort of implies that the skunk ape may not be an ape as we know it and kind of debunks theories about escaped gorillas, orangutans, etc. Now, question. Yes. Do skunks have 
the reflective tissue. You know what? They might. Is it more skunk than ape? But they're not red. The eyes wouldn't be red. Well, okay, not in a skunk, but perhaps in a skunk ape. That's true. Thank you. The thing about the skunk ape, though, is no one is trying to claim it's a crossbreed between skunk and ape. They're just using that word as, like, a weird, um, a mean way to say it's smelly. Well, that's rude. I'm going to reclaim its skunk ancestry. That's a good idea. Honestly, like, that's the only... When I when I first started researching the skunk ape, admittedly, I knew very little about, about this creature. And I assumed it was sort of, you know, like a goat man is a goat and a man, a skunk ape, skunk and an ape, and a fun little crossbreed, just fun for the whole family. Maybe we could find a more polite way to... Um, refer to its signature spell. Like, maybe it's not a skunk ape. Maybe it's an Axe body spray ape. Oh, maybe it just, it's just, you could just call it an ape and then know that it has a distinct odor. It's an Old Spice ape. Old Spice ape. Look at your hand. Now, look at your Bigfoot. Look back at your hand. It's holding a skunk. Your skunk is now an ape. And the ape smells like victory. Oh, that was good. I think you should draft that up, pitch it. It's new ad copy. So our show is brought to you this week by Old Spice. Um, so anyway, I'm going to take you over to one of my favorite places on the internet now, and I mean this without an ounce of hyperbole. This is a website called skunkape.biz. That's amazing. I love that they chose that specific stuff. So yes, uh, this is a skunk ape business. Now before I tell you a little bit more about skunkape.biz, I will tell you some information. Skunkape.biz has compiled some information on skunk apes that's a little bit more specific than the information you'll find on other resources. Okay. So first of all, I want to talk about the skunk, oh my gosh, the skunk apes diet. Skunk apes are omnivorous. This means their diet consists of both meat and plants. Thank you, skunkape.biz. Due to analysis of skunk ape, dro- skunk ape droppings, it is well documented during the months of March through May that skunk apes frequent bird nesting areas, feeding on flightless nestl- nestlings, which is a little dark. Oh. They also capture and eat fish, reptiles, and large mammals, including deer and wild hog. A variety of edible plants also grow in the Evergla- Everglades, such as the giant leather fern, cabbage palm, pond apple, acorn, and hog plum, just to name a few. During the months of September and October, skunk apes are located in saw palmetto hammocks feeding on their beautiful, or beautiful, on their bountiful berries. (laughs) Their beautiful berries. (laughs) During the months of November and December, they frequent oak forests in search of acorns. They do what? They frequent the oak forest. Do they frequent them? Perhaps? I thought frequent was when you were describing how often something happens and frequent is the verb. That's what I've always been taught. Okay, I've never heard that out loud. Oh, well, that's just what I've always... I don't actually know. I was always taught that frequent is uh, that frequent is a descriptor and frequent is the verb. I've literally never heard the word so they like frequent to go, spoken out loud. So they like to go to Oak That forests. could just be that I'm wrong and I've just like read it forever, but if I've If anyone's definitely... an English teacher and wants to let me know, genuinely, this is the only time, the only time I am seeking a Twitter correction. Please let me know if I've been saying this wrong my well, it's not life. even a correction. I'm just interested oh, because yeah. like I've literally heard teachers and like instructors and just like maybe it's a regional thing i don't know i've I've heard people say frequent like i'm oh yes i frequent this grocery store or what have you yeah you know what to be fair i might have just had one weird english teacher who said it like that and then i assumed i had an english teacher one time who insisted that antidote and anecdote were the same word so maybe don't always trust english teachers i had um i had a uh, philosophy teacher that said irregardless irregardless is actually a recognized word but it's it's more of like a verbal Tick yeah. than it is like grammatically yeah. used for any reason. He just Although, and, like as people want to complain about. Well, yeah. yeah, it's it's like an intensifier okay. for regardless is what it's now regarded as. Okay, it's like the same thing where people were like want to complain about it and be like, well, it should mean not regardless. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, what about inflammable? Like, to be fair, there I are don't... a lot of words that are yeah. dumb. To be fair, I don't think he meant to use it that way. I think he just said it. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's again, fine. it's like a cultural thing. Yeah, but regard, but regardless, 
Hey. Teachers aren't always going to necessarily teach you uh, something that's going to be widely recognized or understood to be correct, but that's okay. Or even right. Or even right a little Antidote bit. Antidote and anecdote that's, are no, that's just words. That's just wrong. She straight up got into a fight with a student about that. Oh, I it hate was that. like awful. That's so embarrassing. Yeah. So anyway, um, they like to go to the oak forests uh, in December in search of acorns, and during the months of January and February, they are on the move, searching for whatever is available during these colder months. If you're planning an expedition, it's helpful to know what food sources are in season, as this will increase your chance of an encounter. Have you been taking notes? You will be tested at the end of this podcast. <laughs> No, you won't. I have no way to test you or to make sure you haven't cheated on your test. There will be a Quizlet. Yes. Um, check the notification on Canvas. Anyway. <laughs> so that was a little college joke for all you uh, students out there. Anyway, this website gives so much specific. If you haven't noticed, uh, skunkape.biz wants to give you the resources you need to track down a skunk ape. Yeah, they're really, really into it's it. It's really thorough. Well, I'll tell you a little bit more about where skunkape.biz came from later because my favorite discovery of this research process was skunkape.biz and the team involved in it. So, Habitat. Evidence suggests that skunk apes spend a great deal of time in underground caverns or alligator caves. Many people believe that methane gas emitted by decaying matter in these low-lying areas are what gives the skunk ape its unique rotten egg odor. Oh, that's highly specific. Alligator caves are easily located in times of low water in the Everglades. Search cypress swamps and willow outcrops in the grasslands and marsh. Skunk ape bedding areas are a good source of information. These bedding areas often provide researchers with hair samples, tracks, and droppings. These beds can be located in dry and shady areas. Look for dry leaves and twigs piled approximately one foot tall and six foot in diameter. You can estimate the population of skunk apes in an area by the number of fresh beds in close proximity in close proximity to each other. There's little families and little, little like, uh, groups hanging also, out. Also, they're social. They are social. If the leafy branches that make up the, uh, excuse me, if the leafy branches that make up the bed are green, then the bed is fresh. And that's how you know that it was recently used. In times of extremely high water, skunk ape bedding can be found in the boughs of trees. Are they, like, nomadic? Are they migratory? Do they tend to, like, move around a lot? Or do they use yeah. the same bedding areas for, like, a season? Well, it seems to imply, between that and the dietary stuff, it seems to imply that they sort of change where they're living depending on where the food is. Okay. But they sort of seasonally move around and uh, change their location. So, like, in those months when they're looking for acorns, they would be in the forested area. Or they make their bedding sometimes in those underground caverns. Right. It seems like when they're foraging is when they're more likely to make bedding where you could find it. So it's not like they're moving beds, like, every day. No, like they every are day. They are, like, bunking down for a bit. Yeah. And then moving on. Yeah. They're kind of like a family that goes everywhere in their RV. Nice. Do they also homeschool their kids? Oh, yeah. And they, like, make cool RV friendships. So, like, when I was a kid, I thought that would have been really cool. I had Muse Magazine, and I loved Muse Magazine. Muse Magazine is, like, the coolest magazine in the history of magazines. And there was, like, a really neat Muse Magazine, like, article, like, feature on, um, like, RV families, like modern Aww. day nomadic families and like these families that just live in their RV and like teach their kids out of their RV and like go around and will periodically stop at RV campsites and like mingle with the other families there and like do homeschooling groups. And it's like super cool. And like as a kid, I thought that was like the neatest thing in the entire world because it also seemed like a shortcut to become the kind of interesting kid who would be like a protagonist in a, in a yeah. YA novel. Oh, I was yeah. like constantly searching for ways to make myself stand out more so that I would be selected by the literary gods to like undertake some sort of supernatural quest. But mm -hmm. any 
anyway, mm. um, it was super cool because Muse Magazine tended to, like, reach out not only to people to write articles about this stuff, but, like, kid journalists. And so, like, kids who lived in these types of families would be, like, the ones writing these articles about them. That's awesome. Which was really neat. I never knew about that magazine. It was amazing. It was from the same, like, literary branch that did, like, Cricket and Spider and Cicada. Um, if you ever read any of those magazines. Yes. They were really okay. good. It was the same one, but Muse, Muse was, like, their gifted kids magazine. That's so cool. Um, so I have a little bit more from skunkape.biz. Now, this is a controversial topic, according to skunk... Oh, my God. So this is a highly controversial topic, according to skunkape.biz. And that you is can the use topic. one of their other names if you're going to trip up over that. No. According to Swamp Cabbage Ape. <laughs> Swamp Cabbage Man. Swamp Cabbage Man. Swamp Cabbage Man. <laughs> Cabbage Man. <laughs> no, I just mean, I need you to know, for, one, for some reason, this one doesn't have ape involved. It's just he's a man. <laughs> well, he's an ape named Swamp Cabbage Man. Oh, you're right. Swamp is his first name. Cabbageman is Cabbage his last is name. His last. Of the of the Boston Cabbageman? Of the Boston Cabbageman. All right. So anyway, um, the use of bait is highly controversial and is illegal in national parks and stated-owned preserves. So if you're going to set out bait to catch or track a skunk ape, you need to, this website insists, make sure you do it on private property with the owner of the property's permission if it is not yours. I really appreciate that skunkape.biz is laying down ethical and reputable tactics for, like, the safe mm. conservation of cryptids. Now, it says because careful of excessive baiting over a period of time because to maintain a healthy population skunk apes need to eat from a variety of natural food sources no they they like don't get me wrong make no mistake skunkape.biz is being very very thorough and very thoughtful in the way that they yeah, talk about yeah i'm really hype about the level apes. of scientific legitimacy that they have just assigned to their own yes. website they're just like listen you came here for skunk apes we're going to be serious about skunk apes mm-hmm. no joking off within this url oh absolutely no this is a completely this website is completely in earnest so like as much as I was laughing at the actual name of the website, just because the dot biz threw me off so much when I mm-hmm. first saw it, this is this is completely in earnest. There's no winking here. There's no like jokey stuff. There's no like half doing anything. They want to make sure that if you're going to pursue tracking skunk apes, you know how to do it mm-hmm. thoroughly. You know how to do it responsibly, and you know how to do it damn respectfully. Yeah. So get it right. Now, never bait roads or highway. Never bait roads or highways, as that could place a skunk ape in danger. Skunk apes have a good memory and will repeatedly return to a bait site for days after the bait has been removed from oh, the area. Oh, no, honeys. I know. Most researchers have good intentions and would never think of harming these animals. Unfortunately, there are people who would like nothing better than to shoot one of these magnificent creatures. If your attempt at baiting is successful, wait at least five days before telling anyone. This will allow enough time for the skunk ape to leave the area. Very good. Now, here are some baits to choose from if you would like to bait and track a skunk ape. Remember to bait responsibly. Bait responsibly. Please bait responsibly. Now, you can use deer liver, but you need to make sure you put it on ice before you use it. Make sure to keep it fresh. Okay. Buzzards will also be attracted to that, so be careful. It should only be used immediately following an actual sighting. Some also success... Some ses- Oh my good lord. Beep! Some success has also been reported with the use of grain, such as whole grain kernel corn, rice, or even dog food. Unmistakably, the best baits available. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Our dry beans. Black-eyed peas, pinto, and kidney beans all work well. However, large lima beans are the recommended bait and should be considered your first choice. So they live in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. They have family homeschooling groups. They bed down in nature. They have a particular odor about them. 
and they like bulk grains. Are we sure they're not just like hippies? <laughs> they're definitely just hippies. They're definitely just hippies. Your your game is up, skunkape.biz. Stop trying to bait hippies. I don't know. I just, I left them, a, I left a dime bag of weed and ch- uh, tickets to Coachella and they came. <laughs> they came back for the next five days. <laughs> I found their beds. They've just been scampering around. They rotate frequently, so it's hard to track them. But then again, it is festival season. (laughs) I left them a bulk bag of quinoa (laughs) and a fish CD. I I, I left this canvas bag full of grains, but but I haven't seen any sight of them. I think they're in the underground caverns now. (laughs) Because it's more economically efficient to live down there where it regulates itself geothermally. Mm -hmm. They build their beds out of recycled hemp bracelets. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So anyway, I, I, I do it. I love hippies. I, I'm kind. I'd be kind to hippies. Please stop trying to bait them, and especially not onto roads or highways. And not in national parks. Talk to the owner of the property first and ask nicely. Please. Now, um, if you're going to uh, bait them with the beans, make sure that if you bait them with uh, cooked beans or soaked beans and wet, like a wet bean set is the term used, make sure that you do not allow them to sour because that uh, can give off an odor. Oh, sorry. No, you should let them sour. Let them go bad because that odor is appealing to the skunk apes. It's because fermented stuff is like really good for your gut culture. Gut health. Fermented yeah. stuff is great for your gut health, That's right. and everything comes from your gut health. Just so ask. The skunk, skunk apes also love kombucha. I was going to say, do we know that the skunk ape smells that way for any reason or that they're not just experimenting with aromatherapy essential oils? <laughs> you know, it's possible. They're selling for, like, doTERRA. Yeah, it's like, mm, cedar wood, so relaxing. <laughs> and everyone's like, why do you smell like that? And they're like... Get your chakras aligned. uh, You got to get your chakras aligned. This one is frankincense, so, like, get on it. Exactly. Sandalwood is, like, so good for your root chakra. Mm Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I have some great news from skunkape.biz. Would you like to hear some great news? I would love to hear the great news. Skunkape Research Headquarters has a special announcement to make. Oh. Dave Sheely. Now, that man is the founder of skunkape.biz. Thank you. And then we'll talk more about Dave Sheely in a little bit. Is making arrangements to allow for five people to go on a skunk ape expedition with him sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas of, oh, here's the bad news, 2014. Aww. It's a once in a lifetime excursion in which Dave will invite you to his house to try his home cooked meal of frog legs, fish, etc., and go out in the field to track skunk apes in the Everglades. This does not sound like a cryptozoology expedition. This sounds like a very bad time. Dave has recently appeared on the Weather Channel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I never expected somebody's legitimacy profile to include. You may recognize Dave from the Weather Channel. <laughs> the you Weather know, Channels. The Weather no, Channel. The Weather Channels. Tornado Alley. Oh, I love Tornado Alley. Jim Cantore yeah. was the best. And a write-up in the Smithsonian Magazine on behalf of the Skunk Ape. Dave is considered the leading expert on Florida's elusive skunk ape with over forty years of infield experience in the Florida Everglades. That's right. This excursion is priced at $500 per person for an exciting two-day adventure that may include airboats, swamp buggies, swamp walks, and possible skunk ape sightings. I would have given anything just to, like, see the video footage of that expedition. Are you kidding me? Well, if you're interested, you can contact Skunk Ape Dave. Yeah, but you're going to have to go back a few years. (laughs) You're going to have to go back in time first. If you've perfected time travel and you can do that, then uh And this website hasn't been updated in four years? That particular section had not. Like, um, I don't know if other things have been updated. I just saw a tab that said great news uh-huh. and I clicked on it and oh, that's yeah, what I found. yeah, as you do. I hope he's okay and hasn't been silenced by the government for telling the truth. I feel anyway, like they would have shut down his impeccable website. That's true. Speaking of websites that were shut down, another article oh. I read linked to a website called floridaskunkape.com. But here's the thing. If you click on it now, it 
doesn't just not exist. It redirects to an online store selling fishing lore eyes. That goes so deep. Like, I'm not even sure where to start with that. I know it means something, but the edges of my brain can't quite grasp it. Yeah, it's not meant for the human mind to understand. (laughs) Yeah. What is the secret there? It's like you go to that website and, like, if you make a specific purchase and then type in, like, a specific credit card number, like, they know and Mm -hmm. then they'll let you in. And then they'll tell you all their secrets. Yeah, and then you'll get, like, a dummy email that's like, oh, your card was declined. Then you'll get a secret second email that's like... All right, we see you. One of the fishing lures always lies, and one of them always tells the truth. (laughs) If you can tell which is the true thing that they're saying and which one is which, then they will tell you the secrets of the skunk ape. Very good. They will open up the secrets of the swamp to you because you you are deserving. You, like, put in your mailing address for the fishing lures, and then they send you a package that's, like, unmarked, no return address, and what you get is a key, and then the key leads to a locker and a bus station, and then I don't know where it goes from there. I haven't gotten that far yet. I watched an episode of a television show called Darknet where that sort of scenario happened, and the ending was very, very, very very bad, so so I'm not sure. Oh, no. It was rough. Anyway, I don't know if anyone else has seen that show. It was on Netflix for, like, a second, and now it's gone forever, I guess. Like, it seems to have vanished from the internet, so I'm wondering if I dreamed it. So if you watched the Netflix television show, or it was on Netflix, if you watched the television miniseries Darknet, please let me know, because I can't find evidence of it existing anywhere. (laughs) Like, actually, that's not a joke. I can't find it. Well. Anyway. So, um, would you like to hear about two men's quest for Florida's mysterious skunk ape from Miami New Times? All right. So yes, Miami. I'm going to tell you about Chris Connor and Mark Barton. So they are, um, they are, um, and Barton is in his 60s and Connor is in his 50s. And the two of them are on the hunt for the skunk ape. This article in particular goes into a little bit more kind of uh, in-person detail with them. Like the writer of this article like went along with them and like met them. Oh, and, cool. Like, and when was this article written? This article was written in 2016. Okay, cool. This is super recent. Um. This is a very recent story. Over the past three years, these two men have taken more than 50 rides and hikes into the Green Swamp, an 875-square-mile protected area that forms a massive uncivilized blob on the map between Orlando and Tampa. But they've never spotted another human being. What they have seen is a skunk ape. Yeah, 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 yeah. The last time we were out, I'm not kidding you, we heard a female, Connor says. Like, they heard a female skunk ape when they were out. Okay, adds, thank not you like for a female female woman. Female no, he wasn't, ape. like, doing that weird thing. We heard a female. Yeah, like, there was further, I'm, I'm skipping ahead in the article, there's further okay. context to this. This wasn't, like, that thing that, like, uh, sort of sexist guys do where they're, like, called, they refer to a woman and for some weird reason, even though it's the same amount of syllables, they can't stop themselves from saying a female and sounding like a Ferengi. Um, so... Barton adds, they want to get close to you, is what we think, because they're familiar with us. They have a great curiosity. Aww. The they, Connor and Barton refer to, are skunk apes. Florida's slender, hairy, and pungently scented, seven-foot-tall version of the legendary Bigfoot. So, Connor claims he and his sister as children saw one when they were playing in an area near the swamp that later would become a subdivision. The image of the huge creature loping along a line of banana trees and into the untamed forest has haunted him for decades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm tortured by the image of this tall, slender Bigfoot loping gracefully into the banana trees. After watching the show Finding Bigfoot on Animal Planet four years ago, Connor got the itch. He considers the skunk ape and Bigfoot to be variations on the same species. He and Barton worked together in the IT department of a nearby company in Lakeland and didn't know each other very well. When Barton's terminally ill wife of 38 years passed away, very, very sad, Connor became more than a co-worker. I said, hey man, you're gonna need to stay busy, dude. Just find a big hobby. And 
that's how it started. I want a movie about these two guys. Seriously, where is that film? Where is that heartwarming film? It's probably in the works. This was only 2016. Hey, man, you're going to have to find a big hobby to keep you posted. Just coincidentally, I also am looking for the skunk ape. You know, just saying. Yeah. Now, they have a YouTube channel now. This has gone on for three years together, and they've just, like, it's it's grown and grown and grown. The other guy um, who started with him, like, as kind of a coping mechanism said he started it as a hobby, just sort of a way to distract himself mm-hmm. and not, you know, stay sad all the time. And now they've been doing this for three years. They have a YouTube channel together. Are they in love? Um, Maybe. Or they just, like, have a beautiful friendship that will, like, stand the test of time. Well, yeah. I mean, not all love oh, no, is romantic. Totally. Aren't they in love, oh, yeah. though? They are in love. They're in love. Of course okay. they're in love. Most weekends, they enter the wilderness, hack through the brush with machetes, and employ audio gear, heat-sensing FLIR cameras, and GoPros to document their quest. They've cut more than 140 videos for their YouTube channel, which is called The Trail to Bigfoot. So if you want to look at their YouTube channel and watch some of their videos, I have not had a chance to yet, but I'm really excited to. Um, they have fans as far away as New Zealand and China. Amazing. Although they make no money doing this. Although they make no money doing this, they're part of a thriving Bigfoot subculture that has turned into a cottage industry with a proliferation of hundreds of websites, YouTube videos, books, t-shirts, conferences, $300 expeditions to squatchy haunts in Oregon and Vermont, and personalities vying for TV gigs, and a podcast where two millennials sit in a booth in a house and talk about cryptids. I have never heard the phrase cottage industry used in like a post-1700s sense, and it Mm -hmm. delights me. So anyway, I'm not gonna like go to spend too much more time on that because I have other stuff I need to get to, but I really think their story is quite lovely and sweet, and I think that if you'd like to watch some YouTube videos for two uh, like men that are love each other and are there for each other just trying to find the skunk ape, then you should look up that, uh, you should look up that channel, look up that article, reminder of what it's called, it is called um, it's The from, Trail to Bigfoot, right? No, the, 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 the YouTube channel is, but the article is oh. called Two Men's Quest for Florida's Mysterious Skunk Ape. And that is from MiamiNewTimes.com. I love it. I think it's perfect. I love their above romance. Isn't that real sweet? I love uh, it. Yeah, it's super charming. And I really want to, like, read their Into the Wild-esque memoir about, like, coping with trauma by looking for their mythical creature. Hopefully not, like, beautiful. Into the Wilds. <laughs> into the Wilds? Into the Wild. <laughs> into the Woods Times. <laughs> Hopefully not I'm a like little concerned about their machete usage. I do hope that they're being, like... Like, responsible with regards to the environment. But. I'm assuming they're mostly using those for like areas where they can't like physically walk through to like yeah. But then but like, true. should they be there? Is That's true. the question. That's true. But also, please don't ruin this for me. I won't ruin it for you. I'm just saying that like the Everglades are an area that needs to be respected and protected. Oh, and absolutely. I hope that they're not just like going in gung ho with their machetes I and mean, being like, we're sad and we deserve this. Our buddy Dave from. Uh, our buddy Dave from skunkape.biz is making sure that everyone. Well, yeah, is and I'm kind of wondering is there like. <laughs> tension. Is, is there tension? Is that like a pass? Like, is skunkape.biz really just like passive aggressively being like. Also, just a reminder to no one in particular. <laughs> Subtweeting. If you're hunting for the skunk ape, just saying, like possibly potentially with your best friend or something, like make sure you're doing it safely, idiots. <laughs> Um, I don't think Dave would subtweet. Please don't put that on him. Dave isn't so Im- Dave is not so immature. Dave seems like a harried man. I think that like there's a lot going on. Dave's I mean, been through a lot. Clearly. Would you like to know more about the legend of the skunk ape? 
I would love to know more about the legend of the skunk ape. So there's some history here, uh, some lore regarding European uh, settlers in the 19th century. Oh, it seems early European Americans may have gotten on the wrong side of the creature. This is from Exemplar.com, by the way. Cool. As the story goes, in the early 19th century, a violent encounter between a hunting party and a Sasquatch ended with the deaths of several people and eventually a skunk ape. The surviving hunters examined the corpse of the skunk ape and reported huge measurements, possibly up to 13 feet tall and over a thousand pounds. Yikes. Because they were in a hurry to vacate the area before more of the creatures arrived, the men did not take the body with them or deem to give it a proper burial, the jerks. Wow, rude. That was a little editorializing. This early story is questionable at best, but if true, it presents two unusual situations— The first is aggression on the part of a Bigfoot against humans. Even though there are some accounts of Bigfoot attacks on people, they're very rare. The second is the actual killing of a Sasquatch by people, along with the chance to examine the creature afterward. Obviously, if this body had been properly documented, we would now accept Bigfoot as a real creature, and this was a huge missed opportunity. Even as of today, hunters should never shoot a Bigfoot. Uh, yeah, duh. Yeah, absolutely. So, also, swamp apes do not just appear in Florida. The skunk ape has also been been sighted, according to the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, they have been sighted in Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, and Louisiana. So, the skunk ape has popped up all over the place. Now, I also want to tell you about uh, a pop culture representation of the skunk ape. So, the Boggy Creek Swamp Monster. The Boggy Creek creature is perhaps the most famous swamp ape encounter, thanks to The Legend of Boggy Creek, a horror film released in 1973. The film dramatizes the true accounts of a Bigfoot-like hominid said to live in the swamps near Fook, Arkansas. So, the true story isn't quite as exciting as the flick. In the early 70s, a huge hominid known as the Fook Beast reportedly tormented a family in the Boggy Creek area and perhaps made off with some livestock. The mayhem surrounding these incidents, which included a bounty of over $1,000 offered by a local radio station, resulted in the creation of the now-famous film. It's tempting to think that a few sightings and strange tales coupled with a little Hollywood hype are what account for sightings. After all, there is something to be said for the power of suggestion. And even today, people may be influenced by the film and the mystique that surrounds the legend. But in reality, reported sightings of this beast go back until at least 1932, and legends date back even farther. So, that's what's up. Swamp apes, skunk apes, whatever you want to call them, swamp cabbage man. My Beautiful favorite. boys. Beautiful boys. Tall like slender men. Now, here's a fun little theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a fun little theory from this one. This is a little bit more in-depth information. Why does the skunk ape smell? This is from the same exemplar article. There are a few theories out there to explain the stink. Actually, it doesn't say stink. I hope this was not a typo because it's great. It actually says there are a few theories out there to explain the stank. I don't believe that's a typo. Exuding from this unfortunate hominid. One of the most reasonable is simply that it lives in the hot southern swamp. If it is frequently crossing dank, stagnant water or sleeping on moist soil, it stands to reason that the creature could present a not-so-fresh odor. Another theory held by at least a few researchers is that they may sleep underground in abandoned alligator dens and absorb swamp gases, which we mentioned before. It doesn't smell bad, okay? This is the natural smell of the body. You're just not used to it. Here. It's earthy, okay? Here, try this quartz crystal. Rub it under your armpits. It's just as good as deodorant. Angry hippies are going to tweet at me about this. Anyway, uh, their diet could also be a reason, as they are consuming a large amount of vegetation, more so than the typical omnivorous Sasquatch living in other areas of the country. But... 
Looking around the animal kingdom, usually when animals give off pungent odors, it is for a very good reason, in a Darwinian sense. Some animals, like the skunk for which the beast is named, may exhibit strong odors as a means of defense. Some use scent in the form of chemical pheromones as a means of communication. Even we humans secrete pheromones to get our messages across. Even we humans secrete the pheromones. <laughs> yes. A human I, a human man, wrote this article. Even a I, man. a human, like so many of us other humans, use the pheromones. Truly, yes, this is a universal experience. Looking at it in this light, perhaps the skunk ape has evolved to secrete strong odors when it feels scared or threatened. To another skunk ape, the smell would mean, stand back, man, or I'll bust you up. <laughs> That's what this article says. This is so good. <laughs> but to us, it just means, OMG, somebody light a match. The bottom line is, nobody knows why the skunk ape smells like he does, so feel free to add your own theory, like you did with Axe Body Spray. Axe Body Spray, yep. In all seriousness, I do like the idea that the skunk ape deliberately smells like that, and it's not like an unfortunate product of its environment, and not something it's like insecure about and like cries into his uh, pillow made of leaves about every night. Well, I mean, like bad smells are like a socialized response, right? Like there's no, there are no smells that are inherently bad smells. There are just smells that we have decided are associated yeah. with certain things. Just yes. like there are stupid kids in elementary school who will say that like certain kinds of international food smell bad because oh, yeah. like little asshole children. Because they've been socialized in a yeah. way that tells them that those things smell I bad. Mean, Usually when you smell something bad, what you're really smelling is something unfamiliar. Yeah. And so like you don't know what to do. Although with true, it. there are definitely certain smells that I think universally smell bad for evolutionary reasons. Like I'm imagining yeah. that methane gases and things like that do naturally smell bad to people because they represent danger. Mm-hmm. But or bacteria. Although there are people who like the way those things smell. That's true. Actually, a really good example is, this is, she would be mad at me for blowing up her spot like this, I probably, but my mother loves the smell of gasoline. Mm -hmm. She also loves the smell of skunks. Yeah, it's like there aren't, there's no such thing as like an inherently bad smell. Like there's no such thing as an inherently bad visual. There's just things that we've associated with certain Mm -hmm. emotional responses. Well, maybe what the skunk ape really wants is that one special human who will smell them and say, Oh, that smells lovely. I've actually read some really interesting articles that say that, like, if you find somebody whose natural body odor you are attracted to, it tells you that, like, your immune systems are compatible in an evolutionary way. There's, like, something deep-seated in, like, the human psyche Mm -hmm. that, like, nine times out of ten, if you find somebody who's, like, natural body odor, like, you can find people whose natural body odor smells good to you. Mm -hmm. And it's because, like, instinctually what you're responding to is, like, oh, this person and I, like, have some sort of, like, genetic traits that are advantageous to each other. I'm not sure of the exact science, but, like, Mm -hmm. I've read several articles on it now. Well, I'm going to write my uh, sequel to The Shape of Water, where a lonely woman... The ape of water. The ape of water, where a lonely woman in the forest smells a mysterious smell that everyone tells her is bad, but she thinks, no, that smells beautiful. Because she, too, is a societal outcast because of the bulk grains that she buys (laughs) and the crystal that she rubs under her armpits. And she leaves him every day. She leaves a bag of whole kernel corn and watches gleefully as he takes it. Beautiful. And she introduces him to the music of artists such as, what are hippies like? I just had to think about it. Sons. No, probably Mumford's. They're the same. They're not the same. Um, here's the thing. I'm making fun of hippies because I am myself a rather crunchy gal. Oh, I was gonna say I am too. Like, let's be honest. I literally, my amethyst geode is still in this it booth. It sits in the booth to rid us <laughs> of the dark energies that pervade. Um, yeah. When I was when I was still living in West Virginia, our family had a very good friend who was a licensed herbalist, and she mm-hmm. like had a store, and we would oh, yeah. go there all the time. Like, no, yeah. Don't get me wrong. P- both pretty crunchy gals, but. It's still fun to crack jokes. Oh, it's anyway, hysterical. So Let's keep one thing straight. We're very funny. Um, 
<laughs> Please don't say that. Someone's going to tell us. We're someone. very funny. You're right. I dare you to correct me. Do it. You won't. This is Alex, by the way. <laughs> Tweet at me. At Modern Minstrel. <laughs> There's an underscore in there, too. Figure it out. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> it could be anywhere. I don't know. So anyway, will the skunk ape ever be found? There are many very intelligent people out there who are working very hard to prove that there is a species of North American apes still to be officially discovered and recognized by mainstream science. There is even a skunk ape research headquarters in Ochopee, Florida, dedicated to understanding this mysterious creature. My man, Dave Sheely, skunkape.biz. Aw, yeah. While Sasquatches everywhere continue to enjoy the added security of remote locations and the plain fact that many people simply don't believe they're real, the skunk ape in particular may well be protected from from prying humans. In the Pacific Northwest, there are secluded places where humans rarely tread, but in the Florida Everglades, there are places where humans simply can't go. Perhaps these locations are the last stronghold of the elusive Florida skunk ape. Let them have their privacy. Let them live, okay? I have a little bit more for you. They're just trying to charter school their kids in peace. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They're just trying to commune with the energy of nature, guys. Can we please calm down for a second? They just want to glue seashells on their acoustic guitars, okay? Like <laughs> They just want to grow their hair out into a braid that reaches past their ankles. They just want to, like, henna dye their beards, okay? Anyway, feel free to continue. They just want to make all-natural hair rinse out of uh, locally mined apple cider vinegar and tree sap. <laughs> Where do you think apple cider vinegar comes from? I didn't mean mine. I meant sourced and I said mine and it happened. <laughs> locally sourced apple cider vinegar and tree sap. So, uh, I'm not going to read from it because it's essentially rehashings of a lot of the stuff I've already talked about, but for information on some and stuff I will talk about, but if you want a little bit more in-depth discussion on the skunk ape sightings and investigations from one of our recurring characters, Lauren Coleman, you can read about the skunk ape on his website. So just wanted to let you guys know. And there's a little bit, there's some more in-depth kind of uh, articles, and he cites a couple different pieces, one from the East County Observer from 2001, and from all throughout the last uh, couple decades about the research on the skunk ape. So that is a really fun resource to read. Particularly, the piece that I read was Tracking Miyaka's Wily Skunk Ape by Misha Vieira. Misha Vieira. So that's a good piece to look up. So I want to talk about a sighting from the 1970s that kind of kicked off the skunk ape mania as we know it. Okay. And then I'll talk a little bit more about our buddy Dave, and then that'll bring us to the end. So thank you for joining me to talk about the skunk ape, everybody. There's a story. This is from The Skunk Ape Lives in the Florida Keys from FloridaKeysNews.com. That sounds like the title of a Bailey School Kids book. It's really good. The skunk ape doesn't live in Florida. The skunk ape doesn't have a beach house. Oh, yeah, the Bailey School Kids books, a.k.a. Children Don't Understand Alternative Fashion Choices. That's the whole series. (laughs) That's it. That's, like, literally all it is. Um, So anyway, the following story, this, by the way, is from 2016, as fantastic as it is, was culled from accounts first reported in the St. Pete Times, The Reporter, and Palm Beach Post between July 27th and September 15th, 1977. This extraordinary series of events began Thursday, July 14th, when Vietnam War veteran and former police officer Charles Stokeman and his 13-year-old son, Charlie, were hunting for rare bottles— Along the mangroves growing behind their home, reported to be located some 30 yards off the overseas highway. A self-employed cabinet maker, Stockman lived near mile marker 94.5 Oceanside with his wife Leslie and their three children. Behind their home were three acres of subtropical hammock, 
a fringe of red mangroves, and the clear shallows of the Atlantic Ocean. Sounds beautiful. It does sound beautiful. It was while poking around the twisted roots of the mangroves bordering the shoreline that that Stokeman and his son encountered something unexpected. I think I startled it, Stokeman said. It was way ahead, a dark, hairy patch. It sort of stayed there, like a deer does when the wind shifts and it catches your scent. But it stunk awful, like a dog that hasn't been bathed in a year and suddenly gets rained on. What Stokeman claimed to have seen was a skunk ape, also known as Swamp Cabbage Man, mm-hmm. Swamp Squatch, and the Florida Bigfoot. I do love Swamp Squatch. Swamp I'm Squatch wondering is why good. that's not like the most popular variant. Honestly, I think that's so much more fun than the skunk ape, but that's the most recognized term for it. It is hard to say like a billion times in a row. Yeah, Swamp Squatch. The skunk ape was eight or nine feet tall and must have weighed around 500 pounds, he reported. It had a huge head and shoulders, long fur all over, and he stunk like a dirty, wet dog. Leave him alone! The noise he made was a high-pitched wailing sound. The day after the initial sighting, Charles cleared away 30 feet of brush surrounding his family home. The act would not keep the creature at bay. According to the Stokemans, the creature stalked their property for two weeks. It was not just the Stokemans who claimed to see the creature. An unidentified neighbor also reported seeing the skunk ape. At one point, it was reported that the massive creature was observed crouched beneath the cover of a shed located on the property. This makes me a little bit sad because they're like social creatures. How'd this boy get lost from his family? Oh, no. Alex. Give him food. Yeah, absolutely. Give him some beans. Now, these people were truly afraid of this creature, but honestly, with more context, I do believe that it seems like it was more like a lost stray animal than anything else. Yeah, seriously. It's more like they talk about it continuing to show up in the middle of the night, and all it makes me think of is when stray cats come to your porch because they're hoping you'll Mm -hmm. feed them. Like, help the boy. Be sweet to this boy. Be sweet Life to has this already boy. done him so many unfair turns. Oh, he smells so bad. Be sweet to this boy. Now, again, I want to get to a little bit more information on my buddy Dave, but uh, a lot of people are going to bring it up if I don't bring it up that there is a famous, there is, uh, there are famous photographs and sightings um, from the uh, early 2000s. The photograph looks about like any cryptid photograph. I will pull it up for you to see, uh, just so you know what we're talking about. Skunk ape photograph. It is a blurry (laughs) photo of an animal that looks like an ape. Um, if you Google skunk ape photograph, by the way, you will find the picture. You will also find some sort of a uh, skateboard brand called skunk ape, just so you know. Oh, awesome. But this is the photo. It looks like an orangutan with glowing eyes. I also really love, like, the Party City beard that it's wearing. Oh, yeah. He's got a great beard. It looks kind of huh. like it's smiling, too. It does. Yeah. He's cheesing it for the camera. Cheesing it for the camera. Love it. So if you haven't seen the picture, you can Google it and find it pretty easily. Um, Lauren Coleman talks a lot about that particular photo and how the facial structure of the skunk ape resembles an orangutan which you might see in the photograph. However, the glowing eyes and the reflective thing does not align with the theory of it being some sort of escaped orangutan because their eyes are not capable of doing that. So just a little interesting fact for you. Uh, So those there are more sightings as well, but I wanted to talk a little bit more about this piece from BBC, from the BBC from 2012, about our buddy Dave, because I think he's very, very interesting. Um, Now this is from, sorry, this is from 1998, and this is uh, world news about the Americas from the BBC. Oh. And the headline of this one is what caught my eye and made me click on it. And it is the Abominable Swamp Man. Swamp Man. Swamp Man. Now, here's a picture of our buddy Dave Sheely in his little uh, safari hat. Okay. He looks, he's got overalls and a little safari hat and a denim shirt. Now, is it possible 
that Dave Sheely is looking for the skunk ape, and everyone else who thinks they've seen the skunk ape has just seen Dave Sheely. <laughs> That's entirely possible. Except that Dave Sheely is not eight feet tall. No, but you, people do tend to exaggerate facts and figures when they get mm-hmm. stressed. Are you implying that Dave Sheely is very stinky? Because I do not want to be sued for libel on this podcast. I mean, like, he invites people over to his home for, like, frog, frog like legs. And- <laughs> um... Alex, he is showing them some homegrown Florida hospitality. He is. I'm also just saying he looks to be a somewhat hairy man. <laughs> he is a somewhat hairy man. Maybe the skunk apes appear to him more often because they think he's one they of think their own. They think he's one. They're, They're like, social. you, boy child, you've gotten lost. <laughs> they think, they think, it is time for maths. <laughs> they think he's a baby. <laughs> I'm crying. You there, quit skipping. <laughs> I know you're homeschooled, but you can't just take off whenever you want. You missed our sunrise meditation circle. Oh, no. It's time for Montessori finger painting. Get over here. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Today we're painting what we think the emotion sadness looks like. Anyway, so a seven-foot-tall gorilla-like creature said to resemble the legendary Yeti has been reported lurking in the Florida Everglades in the U.S. Malcolm Brabant investigates. There it is. Tourists in Florida have been laying bait around the vast swamp known as the Everglades in hopes of catching sight of a seven-foot-tall gorilla-like creature said to resemble the legendary Abominable Snowman, which, by the way, I also find an objectionable name. Abominable implies intent, implies maliciousness. I do not like it. Now, I will just quickly say I would be much obliged to you if we could speed run these last few minutes just because I have consumed an entire coffee during the course of sitting (gasps) in this. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, let's go. All right. So I want to tell you something else that implies that this thing might be an orangutan, which I had not previously read in another source. During the past few weeks, several tour groups claim to have spotted the red-haired Bigfoot known locally as a skunk ape because of its appalling smell. Now, it's got red hair Hmm. and that facial structure really seems to imply orangutan, right? I would think so. Yeah. What's up with the eyes? Why the eyes do that? And also, how are there so many? And how is it so big? It's not an orangutan, but maybe some sort of secret extra species. I don't know. A secret orangutan. Secret orangutan. Yes, exactly. Dave Sh- David Sheely is on a mission to solve the greatest mystery of this vast, untamed wilderness and prove that the skunk ape exists. I've got a feeling that right now, if it wasn't for all the bushes, we could see it. I do not know where it would be, but it would be around so we could see it. I love it. Excuse me? He says he, says he once saw the red-haired monster 25 years ago, but all he has seen since are tracks in the mud. Amazingly, within seconds of plunging into the swamp, he found what appeared to be a huge, fresh footprint. Right here is the heel of the foot. It is relatively light pressure. There are four toes. It is kind of twisted a little. It's so good. I I adore him. So there's a photo in this from a fire chief who saw it. Oh, sweet. Could the print have been made by the blob in the middle of a photograph? Yes, absolutely. Taken by a fire chief who was not prone to flights of fancy. The fire chief describes what he saw. It took long steps, kind of like a man. But it wasn't a bear. A lot of people thought it was a bear, but a bear doesn't go on two. It goes down on four. <laughs> I love this man. <laughs> the real hero is this fire chief. Um, let's listen. Listen. I saw it walking, and it was walking like a guy. It wasn't a bear. They think it's a bear. It wasn't a bear. Bears don't walk like that. Mm-hmm. He's like the iced tea of the of the skunk ape investigation squad, and I love him so much. Uh-huh. Oh, here we go. So this is the last bit about him. Uh, it says, some disbelievers point the finger at David Sheely, who runs a mini roadside zoo and a gift shop full of skunk ape memorabilia. You can go to the gift shop on skunkape.biz, by the way. It's there. There is some cool looking merch. Thank goodness. He says, it would be nice to think it was good for business, but through it all, I have yet to have anybody come through my door looking for a skunk ape. Oh, Dave. Oh, Dave. Uh, He's literally Ned Chicane from Taz Amnesty, and I love him. 
Yep. Members of the Mikusuki tribe, who offer tourist trips around the Everglades, believe the skunk ape should be left in peace. The National Park Service says the creature doesn't exist, but the service is part of the U.S. government, which has always been full and frank about other mysteries, such as UFOs. <laughs> this article got really snarky at the Yeah, end. a little bit. They're like... The BBC was just kind of like, mm, we all know you can't trust the U.S. government, which, like, fair. I do believe this article was written by Mariah Harris. <laughs> I do think so. If you don't listen to A Horror Borealis, our Patreon-exclusive show within a show, amazing. Yeah, I love Dave Shealy. I think he's fascinating. Uh, he's a problematic fave for sure, because, but I do enjoy him and his origin story as well. I love the idea. I want a movie about all of the things involved with this, to be completely, oh, yeah. completely honest. Like, a man who saw this creature as, like, a young boy and then devoted the rest of his life to, like, running a website and like safari trips that he does because like make no mistake it's on skunkape.biz you can sign up to like go on ex- expeditions into the woods and stuff he will not go with you i don't think but like i can't decide if what i want is like a quirky like pastel indie wes anderson movie about this skunk ape boy or what if, if what i want is like a parks and rec style mockumentary about the skunk ape industry in florida oh my god i want that I want that so badly. You know what I really, really want? I want, I'll like... I'll tell you what you want, what you really, really want. No. Okay, so tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Well, I really, really, really want a zigzag. Uh, but I also really want kind of a uh, mockumentary-style, uh, what-we-do-in-the-shadows type film. Ah, uh, nice. I want a what-we-do-in-the-shadows about... Uh, what-we-do-in-the-everglades about the uh, <laughs> Skunk Ape Hunters, because that would delight me. Um, so... I know I've had a little bit of an off episode this time with some issues with my speaking abilities for some But you guys reason. don't know that because apparently Addison cut all that out. Well, so. some of it I don't know if it will get be able to be cut out, so I'm just going to go ahead and apologize and say I hope you enjoyed the episode anyway, and I don't know what's going on there, but... So, I love this smelly boy. I think he's just a good, gentle soul. I think he's perfect. And I love him and his big, uh, his big multi-siblinged family, his RV family. Oh, yeah. Listen, he's like... As good as they come, right? As good as they come. Loves family. Environmentalism is very important to him. He's just trying to live his best life out there. You know what I imagine? I'm imagining wholeheartedly right now. Hmm. I'm imagining the skunk ape uh, in a, with a flower crown. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. A that is canonical. Crown. Oh, man. And they're all like a flower crown and like a vest made out of a burlap sack. Yes. And they're all sitting in a little like circle and they're braiding each other's fur. Oh, yeah, and he's strumming the guitar while he instructs the younger ones in the Montessori class. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, What no, song really is he good. playing? And why is it a, a Bob Dylan song? It's definitely a Bob Dylan song. I think it's um, Blown in the Wind. That seems about right. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to think of it, and my brain kept telling me the title was How Many Roads Must a Man Walk Down, but that's just a line from the song. So anyway, the skunk ape, um, I, I know we haven't done ratings in a while, but I would like to go ahead and rate him if you would like okay. to join me. I would like to say uh, 10 out of 10, so soft. Softest boy. Yeah, I don't know if he's soft. I feel like his fur would be a little bit matted. No, but I, I do mean think soft he's inside. Okay, yeah. No, he is a soft boy. I don't know that he's like a soft, not like boy, the soft but he kind is a pet. soft boy. Um, my rating for him is a blue star sticker and a. I think you should be really proud of this one. My rating for him is a membership card to the local co-op. Oh, those are also good. Mm-hmm. Where he can buy as many oats as he wants. Very good. He loves to make overnight oats. He can ferment them to his heart's content. <laughs> he ferments his oats. <laughs> oh, my God. Drive his RV around the next festival, sell his overnight oats, and homemade kombucha. Very good. So anyway... <laughs> I think it's going to do it for us. Do you have any announcements? I do not. Oh, I also don't have any more jokes. I cannot laugh because I really need to go <laughs> I'm to I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have kept you in hell for the last however long. Please forgive me. This is the bad place. <laughs> so anyway, 
I hope you enjoyed. I hope you're all well. I uh, want to give a quick thank you just to everyone yet again for listening, for being here with us. want to give a thank you to Andrew Giada, as always, for supplying the music that is our theme song. Yeah. And also say that uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Crypt Keep Pod. You can follow us on Facebook at The Cryptic Keeper and all of our other socials are uh, under The Cryptic Keeper. So we hope to see you there. We love hearing from people. We love talking with you. And as always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there.